Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Elhamdülillahi Rabbil alemin. Vessalatu vesselamu ala seyyidina Muhammed ve ala alihi ve ashabihi ecma'in. Amma ba'd. We commence once again with the words that Rasulullah sallallahu aleyhi ve sellem has encouraged us to recite abundantly during the month of Ramadan. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. Astaghfirullah. Allahumma inni as'aluka al-jannah wa a'udhu bika min al-nar. Ashadu an la ilaha illallah. أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار أشهد أن لا إله إلا الله أستغفر الله اللهم إني أسألك الجنة وأعوذ بك من النار Before صلاة العشاء we touched on some of the verses of سورة الحديد in which Allah سبحانه وتعالى highlights the importance of iman and that the iman will be manifest on the day of قيامة a light in which the mu'minin would be able to walk and those who have not acquired this quality of iman in this dunya would be told go back and search for your light as there is no light to be given to you on the day of qiyamah thereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala also tells us of the various stages in the life of a human being يَعْلَمُوا أَنَّمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا لَعِبٌ وَلَهْوٌ وَزِينَةٌ وَتَفَاخُرٌ بَيْنَكُمْ وَتَكَاثُرٌ فِي الْأَمْوَالِ وَالْأَوْلَادِ Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the creator and the khaliq of this human being knows exactly the processes and the various levels and stages, whether it be physically, psychologically, mentally, or spiritually, that a person goes through in every phase of his life. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, the life of this world, the first stage is one of a playful nature, of playing and being impressed with the trivial things of this world. And a human being in this particular phase, to him the most important thing is his toys. A child is not impressed with... The, the, the things that an adult would be impressed with. And in this phase, there is, there is nothing important other than the purpose of the life of this child, which is to play and have free time. No time for school or madrasa, just to play. That is the, 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 the maqsood and the objective of the, of the life of a child in this particular phase. And then as he grows older or she grows older, they move into the level in which they are no longer so impressed or affected or attracted to those things which in the first stage of their life was attractive to them. So if it was a particular type of toy, now they've come into their teens and the next phase is wazinatun. Zina means beautification and adornment. So the teenager becoming an adult now wants to ensure that his or her appearance is appropriate and he dresses in a particular way, the shoes are in a particular way. And if you offer the same toys and forms of amu- amusement that they were enjoying previously, they would say, no, no, that's not for, that's not for me. So the, the focus of the objective of the life of this human being has now transformed from playing, so no longer playing, into one of adornment and beautification. And then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, they move further on as they grow older. So as they grow older now, they find their partner in life and mashallah, they settle down. And the next phase would be one in which they start vying with one another for achieving the things of this world. Because after that, there's not that much beauty left. So there's no strength to play. Or, or there are more responsibilities which results in a person not being able to play all the time. And the physical appearance is no longer like that of an, a te- teenager who is physically beautiful and as, is at the peak of his physical appearance. So because there is no longer that much focus on it, it becomes the objective of the person is now to focus on vying with one another. Tafakhurum baynakum. I've got this much, I have this, I possess this, I earned this, I acquired this. 
And when you get even older and the formula changes, like we say, from perfume to Vicks and Zambag, and you become old, so then as a grandparent or as a, as a senior citizen in the community, we say, I've got so many grandchildren. You know, I've got 10 great-grandchildren and I've got 25 grandchildren. And a person feels that this is the purpose of my life. I need to focus on this. And before we know it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sends our death. And we, nobody knows when they're going to die. Previously, we mentioned the incident of Imam Malik, rahimahullah, who saw the dream. He saw the angel of death in his dream. And he thought the appropriate question would be to ask him, Kam baqiya min umuri? How, long is, how long do I have left to live? So, so the angel of death in the dream showed him his five fingers. So Imam Malik asked the angel of death, he said, is it five years, five months, five weeks, five what? And the dream ended. And then he went to Ibn Sirin, rahimahullah, the great tabi'i, who was the master of interpreting dreams. And he said, oh, Imam, he is not asking you about, he's not, he's not trying to tell you five days or five months or the period left in your life. He's trying to tell you, You asked me about one of those five things, the knowledge of which is only with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Only Allah knows when qiyamah will come. Only Allah sends down rain. Allah alone knows the entire uh, whatever is attached to the fetus in the womb of the mother, not only the gender, everything related to it. And no soul knows exactly what it would earn the next day, and no soul knows in which part of the world they would die. In the time of Sayyidina Sulaiman salam, before Sayyidina Musa salam, so Sulaiman salam was before Sayyidina Musa salam. Before Sayyidina Musa salam, Malakul Maud, the angel of death, would come in the form of a human being. So, in some of the historical narrations, it is mentioned that once Sayyidina Sulaiman sitting with his congregation and with his ministers and the people in his court, uh, he was visited by someone. And this individual came to, to the gathering and greeted Sulaiman and then, and then went away. So, after a little while, a minister sitting close to Sulaiman said, O oh, Nabi of Allah, who was that person? So he said, why do you want to know? It's, he didn't come and meet you. He, he had a personal meeting with me. So he said, no, because he was standing one side and staring at me, and I felt a bit intimidated. So Sulaiman said that there was Malakul Maut, who sought permission from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to come and meet me. So the wazir, the minister said, I'm not so comfortable being in a gathering where Malakul Maut comes to visit you, and then he stares at me at the same time. So he told Sulaiman alayhi salam, I request that you instruct the wind to carry me to another, another part of the world, which was subjugated to the command of, of Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that we subjugated the winds for Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam. So he said, okay, if you insist, he had him sent to another part of, of the world. At another occasion, Malakul Maut comes to visit Sayyidina Sulaiman alayhi salam again. So Sulaiman alayhi salam remembered that incident and he said, listen, when you do come, I request that you don't terrify the people who are in my presence because I had to send away a minister that was with me. So he says to Sulaiman alayhi salam, my intention was not to terrify him or to frighten him, but actually I was, according to the instructions we got from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, 
this minister of yours, his soul was to be taken in a particular land a few seconds or a few moments from after me meeting you. So I came to meet you, and I saw this Hazrat is sitting next to you. And I thought, now, how do I take his soul in that land when he's sitting next to you? And he says, When I got there, I found him waiting for me. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone knows when a person will leave this world. So these are the stages that we go through in the life of this world. And each phase is a type of a delusion. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala further on in the ayah says, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ The life of this world is nothing but goods of deception. Mata' in Arabic means one of the mufassirin, he was when preparing his commentary of the Qur'an, he wanted to go down to the, what was the actual usage of the word mata' in the particular verse, وَمَا الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا مَتَاعُ الْغُرُورِ So he traveled to, um, it were three words actually. One was mata', the second was raqim, like in Surah Al-Kahf, Ashabul Al-Kahf wal raqim and the third was the word tabaraka. So he wanted to know what's the actual meaning, or how is it actually used by the, the classical Arabic speakers. So he said he went... And he came outside a particular village and he saw this boy chasing a dog. And the dog ran into the house. It grabbed a cloth and it ran out of the house again and he went to sit on an elevated place watching everything. So he says, I watched this whole scene and the, and the boy calls his mother and he says, Ya Ummah, Ja'a raqim wa akhada al-mata' wa tabaraka ala al-sakhra. All three words he said I found in one was one Bedouin. He says, Ja'a raqim the dog came. So he said, I knew that the word raqim is also used for dog. Ashabul kahfi wa raqim The people, the sleepers of the cave and the dog that was with them, which is mentioned in the Quran. And he said, the word mata' mata' is the cloth that was used to clean the oven. So that dirty rag which is used to clean the inside of the earthen oven which, in which flames are burnt and it turns black after it is used. So that dirty cloth which is used to clean the dirty oven is called mata' wa tabaraka and tabaraka means to be in a position of elevation that you are in control and you're watching everybody that is in front of you so he says I learned the meaning of all three words and Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word mata' for the dunya and also mata' of delusion and deception so what we do see is not going to be forever the things that we do have will not be forever like the phases in our life from our infancy to our teens, we became parents, and then we become older and grandparents, and then time comes for us to leave this world. But every phase is a phase which will change. And this is why the, the, the ulama say that what happiness can there be in that joy which ends with departure from this world? If a person is, is, is in, in possession of every bounty of this world possible, Physically, materially, he's got everything that he wants. From morning to night, from night to morning, he possesses everything. But he knows the time will come when he has to die. That is sufficient to spoil the joy of any, any person in this world. Whereas the bounties of the akhirah are bounties which are perpetual and forever and forever. When we say forever and forever and forever, which means like maybe 15 million years will pass and it still won't come to an end. So can we imagine a life we're living in this world, right? Maybe the average life of 60, 70, 80, 90, 100. What does that constitute in a life of 15 million years? I'm not even, it's not even 15 million, it's more than that because it's perpetual. 
So a person after 15 million years won't even remember that he was in Houghton tonight in this There was a place called Houghton. You'll think, hey, was there a place? 15 million years. 20 million years. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given that type of bounty in the akhirah. So this is why, according to the amount we require to sustain our happiness in the akhirah, that is how much effort is required in this world. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala then further on says, سَابِقُوا إِلَى مَغْفِرَةٍ مِّن رَبِّكُمْ Vying with one another and hasten towards the forgiveness from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Forgiveness. Forgiveness for sins. And this is what we ask for Allah, from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala during the month of Ramadan, during these Mubarak nights. Sometimes due to us, our inability to make dua to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. We don't often make dua, so we don't even know what duas to make on a particular night like this. And this is why, alhamdulillah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us an environment in which we sit together, we remind one another, we make dua collectively, we remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So through the piety of some of the special servants of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala who are present, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses everybody else with the rahmah that descends on one particular individual. We do, know, we do not know who is the special person. Because by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, Allah is alimun bidati sudur and he knows the, the true reality of people. To, in this world, we see the external forms of people. You see a person's external appearance. And, and this is why many times we live in a life in which we, we have like a, a dual personality. That this is my, my appearance before you, but in solitude, in the privacy of my life, I'm another person. When I'm with my family, when I'm with my children, I'm another person. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us to keep the company of those who are truthful. Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu attaqullah wa kunu ma'as sadiqeen. Truthful means that their inner and their outer are synchronized. They're the same. They don't have a split personality. Not when I meet people in the masjid, I say, assalamu alaikum. And when I go home, then I don't make salam. And the children want to run away. And they don't want to be in the company of the father. This is not the quality of the sadiqeen. So... Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us that vie with one another and hasten towards the maghfirah of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and Jannah, which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has made uh, equivalent to the vastness of the heavens and the earth. It has been prepared for the mu'mineen. Most certainly this is the bounty of Allah which he gives to whomsoever he wills. Some of the other verses recited uh, in Salat al-Taraweeh, there's three verses in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala mentions three categories of people. And in fact, it's, it's, the discussion revolves around the, the people who are with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So there are two categories of people in the company of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam mentioned in two verses. And then there's a third group of people mentioned afterwards. Allah says, لِلْفُقَرَاءِ الْمُهَاجِرِينَ The poor of the, of the muhajirin who migrated from, Madi- from Makkah Mukarramah to Medina. And they were expelled from their homes. The only thing they desired was the favor of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his pleasure. And they assisted the deen of Allah and the deen of his Rasul sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. This is the first category of people which we call the muhajireen. Those people who migrated from Makkah Mukarramah with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam after him to Medina Munawwara. This is the first group of the nobles of this ummah. The second group, those people who secured the residence and gave, gave security to those individuals who migrated. And those who migrated to them, they love them and they express their appreciation to them. And 
and they gave preference to these people who migrated the muhajireen even to them uh, to uh, they gave preference be over and above their wives and their children and their own necessities they gave preference to those people that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had honored so the second group are the ansar the third group of people walladhina ja'u min ba'dihim are the people who come after them so we have these two groups that Allah has mentioned in the two verses muhajireen and ansar and then we have the third group are the people who come after them what what is the task of this group yaquluna it is their duty that they supplicate and turn unto Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to forgive their brothers that have passed before them with iman. Which means there's only a third group which praises the Sahaba radiallahu anhum. There's no fourth group. And this is directly from the text of the, of the verses of the Quran where we have muhajireen, ansar, and the third group of people who are obliged and instructed to uh, praise and make dua for the muhajireen and ansar. وَلَا تَجَعَلْ فِي قُلُوبِنَا غِلًّا لِلَّذِينَ آمَنُوا And also Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says the third, third group, they supplicate and ask Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to cleanse their heart from any enmity towards those who have iman amongst the sahaba who passed before them. Then another verse which came and it is also a very often recited verse. يَا أَيُّهَا الَّذِينَ آمَنُوا اتَّقُوا اللَّهُ وَالْتَنظُرْ نَفْسٌ مَا قَدَّمَتْ لِغَدُ O people of iman, have consciousness and taqwa for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And each soul should be concerned about what it sends forth for tomorrow. لغد. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala uses the word غد tomorrow for the day of, of Qiyamah. And this is why Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa said, I have been sent with the day of Qiyamah like these two fingers, like the index finger and the middle finger. The, 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 the time of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi is like that of the index finger and the, dis- the distance between his nubuwa and qiyama is like the, the distance between the, these two fingers. And in Arabic they say, Kullu ma huwa atin qarib. Anything which is coming is near. Anything which is coming is most certainly near. So Allah tells us, prepare for tomorrow, wattaqullah, and fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. وَلَا تَكُونُوا كَالَّذِينَ نَسُوا اللَّهِ Do not be like those people who forget Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. They only know the apparent things of this world. What's happening in the world they know. But they forget about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah makes them forget who they are. They are so engrossed in the things of this world that let alone remembering who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is and their duty to Allah, they forget who they are, that they are the noble creation of Allah. And they are sent on this world to represent the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to display good character and take care of mankind. They would forget even that purpose for which they were sent. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, truly these are the transgressors. Then there is another verse in which Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala informs us of tests which come in the life of a believer. مَا أَصَابَ مِن مُصِيبَةٍ إِلَّا بِإِذْنِ اللَّهِ No difficulty no person is afflicted with a difficulty except with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is why in another verse we are told, قُلْ لَنْ يُصِيبَنَا Say, O Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, لَنْ يُصِيبَنَا Nothing will affect us إِلَّا مَا كَتَبَ اللَّهُ لَنَا Except what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has willed. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would teach this to young children of the Sahaba. Once he was seated with Sayyidina Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu anhuma, and he said, وَعَلَمْ أَنَّ الْأُمَّةَ لَوِ اجْتَمَعَتْ عَلَىٰ Know that if the entire humanity get together to benefit you, they can only benefit you as much as Allah wants you to be benefited. And if they unite to harm you, they can only cause that much harm 
which has been written against you by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So, ma asaba min musibatin. If a difficulty comes, it is with the permission of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then Allah says, wa yu'min billah. That person who believes in Allah, Allah will guide his heart at the time of difficulty. So we all have tests. Every person, and this is the life of this, of this world. There's a few things that will come in every person's life. Everything, every person in this dunya will experience a few things. Uh, they say, sururun wa huznun. Happiness and sadness. Wajtima'un wa furqatun. And sometimes we're together and sometimes some people depart. We're together now. A child passes away, a son passes away, a daughter passes away, a husband passes away, a wife passes away. Ijtima'un. First we're together and we're happy. Wa furqatin and suddenly there's a separation. Wa yusrun wa usrun. And then sometimes there's some tightness and there's ease. A person is experiencing some goodness and sometimes there's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then there's sickness and, and, and being safe and comfortable and healthy. So these are the conditions which come in all our life, all our lives, that we are tested by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala with all these things. And sometimes a person is tested and he doesn't realize, is this to benefit me in the akhirah or is this an adab from Allah? Many times people ask a question, a person is going through some, some rough time, whether it be in his business or with his family or with his friends, and he says, I don't know if this is adab from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala or is this to benefit me in the akhirah? Because a difficulty can be one of two, either to elevate a person's stages like the Anbiya alayhim salam Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa said, the people who experience the most difficulty are the prophets. أَشَدُّ النَّاسِ بَلَاءً الْأَنْبِيَاءَ ثُمَّ الْأَمْثَلْ فَالْأَمْثَلْ So difficulty doesn't necessarily mean adab, because the prophets were tested with difficulty. So how do we know when, it's the, when the difficulty is a test from Allah, or it's a punishment for some wrong that we have done? At that time, when, we are, when a person is experiencing the difficulty, when his heart turns to Allah, that inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon, Allah, this came from you, I seek forgiveness for any wrong that I have done, and I ask your help through this difficulty. As Rasulullah sallallahu told us, to make ihtisab, to hope for reward, and show firmness and determination to be obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. On the other hand, if a person goes through difficulty, and then he says, why must it happen to me? Why my wife? Why my children? Why my business? Why me? then you must know that that's the sign that this is a adab coming upon him because at that time his heart is not turning to Allah. Allah says, وَمَنْ يُؤْمِن بِاللَّهِ That person who Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala blesses with, with perfect iman, يَهْدِ قَلْبَهِ Allah guides his heart at the time of difficulty. Nabi sallallahu alayhi wa sallam saw a lady weeping next to the, gra- the grave of a child and he told her, make sabr and hope for reward from Allah and she didn't recognize him and she said a few words. She was told that this is Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam and she went to apologize. And Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa told her, The true reward for sabr you get is at the time of the difficulty. When you're experiencing the difficulty, to turn your attention to Allah. Say, inna lillah wa inna ilayhi raji'oon. Whether it be the passing away of someone, the loss of wealth, Allah says, Allah will test us. When did the dunya ever promise any one of us that it's not going to change for us? That it will stay the same. If you're happy, you will remain happy. The dunya hasn't promised anyone. And any person who thinks the dunya has promised him that he is deluded. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us. This is why Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu, in his tahajjud, he would sometimes, his student would say, I would see Sayyidina Ali radiallahu anhu after tahajjud salah, rolling, rolling, as if he was bitten by a snake. الحزين, and he would cry the cry of a person who lost a child. And he would address the dunya after his tahajjud making dua. He would tell the dunya, Go and deceive someone else. I know you very well. I saw your true colors. And he says, I've given you three talaqs. He's telling not his wife. He's telling 
the dunya. That's that what we have to detach ourselves from. So the Sahaba radiallahu anhum, they understood their hearts were guided, so they knew when a difficulty comes, it's from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. A tabi'i, his leg is amputated, and he, he thanks Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. He says, oh Allah, I thank you for giving me the ability, and I, and I beseech you and beg you to, uh, to show the hisab on the day of Qiyamah that this leg never walked in any form of disobedience. After it's amputated, he takes his leg and he addresses the leg. Sayyidina Urwa bin Zubair, rahimahullah. And he looks at his leg and he says, I testify by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that I never ever walked with you in the disobedience of Allah. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us tawfiq. So, there's still many other verses. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Inna fitna, The wealth that you have, your children, these are all tests from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. How you use them, how you uh, take care of them. It's a test from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And for doing the correct duty that Allah has instructed us, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has promised us ajrun azim, a great reward. Respected brothers, tonight is the 27th night and uh, it is one of the most likely nights in which it could be Laylatul Qadr. Many of the Sahaba radiallahu anhum are of the opinion that most, it, it would be Laylatul Qadr. And we also hope from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, if it is for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to bless us with the barakah of, of, uh, of Laylatul Qadr, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala unite the hearts of the ummah uh, and remove all the difficulties experienced by the Ummah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Let us cleanse our hearts towards one another. Let us learn to forgive uh, those who have uh, wronged us. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam has taught us, U'fu amman zalamak, pardon the one who has wronged you. Ahsin ila man asa'a ilayk. And do good to the people who are not good to you. This is the akhlaq of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It's easy for me to say yes. But at least by saying we can remind ourselves that we need to make an effort in this direction, insha'Allah. Continuously maintain whatever a'mal Allah has given us tawfiq throughout the month of Ramadan. Let us make the niyyah to at least keep some of those alive after the month of Ramadan. Let it not be that we just go into a slump and we leave whatever we are doing. Everybody is on a very uh, high spiritual level, alhamdulillah. May Allah keep it like that and give us tawfiq to go even higher and reach uh, the, the level of those people who are accepted by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Insha'Allah we'll have uh, some... Uh, and a sheed and a dhikr inshallah and a short dua thereafter.